everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Extra Rounds podcast. As always, my name is Mike Dice. I'm Elias. We are here to talk all things punching people in the face. Uh, we're going to have Mike Brown. We're hoping he'll join us 15 minutes uh, after the hour. We're, we're still trying to get a hold of him uh, to get that lined up. But until then, we'll talk about UFC. Unfortunately, there's a lot going on. <laughs> a ton, especially because um, we missed last week. Yeah. And it was kind of a big thing then. Yeah. It was kind of great fights this past weekend. Yeah. Oh, my. Incredible fights. And, uh, a lot, a lot to talk about with your Matt Brown trip, you know, yeah. his big win. So we can touch on that again. And of course, we got Mike P over there working the chat. So if you guys have any questions or thoughts you want to share with us, let us know and we will talk about your questions or thoughts. Uh, Mike P, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> All right. So first things first, there's so much that's happened in the world of MMA. I don't even know where to start. But I guess the biggest thing, if you were to boil things down, the biggest thing that, that's, gonna, that's happening this week is the speculation about Tyron Woodley. Mm-hmm. UFC 219, no title fight. Uh, there was never a title fight. It's not like one fell out. I think the assumption was always that Cyborg Holm would be on that card, but that's been pushed off because of a contract dispute. Then, of course, with Edgar falling out and Jose Aldo stepping in to fill in Max Holloway, there's a shortage of title fights mm-hmm. that are, or titles that are available to be defended on that pay-per-view card. And we've seen, I think even last year, we saw them cancel a pay-per-view Sure. Um, I know they canceled a pay-per-view before UFC 196 mm. because that was originally UFC 197. Mm. So the UFC is kind of in a bad spot and they're getting creative. And one of the rumors out there is that there is a Diaz-Woodley fight coming and it's not Nick Diaz. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on this rumor? And let's <laughs> yeah, be mean- clear. It is nothing but a rumor, right? Yeah, now. yeah. I don't have inside information to like corroborate, corroborate that. Um, I bet Tyrone Woodley would fight either Diaz brother. I bet either Diaz brother would fight him. So it, it seems like uh, it's at least it's at least conceivable. It's at least possible. Um, it's a big name for Tyrone Woodley, um, and as far as elite opposition goes, so relatively speaking, it'd be a fairly safe fight, only because. Neither Diaz brother would be able to stop the takedown ever against him. I'm, I mean, maybe that's offensive for me to say, but they, I don't think they would. It's just such a massive discrepancy in size. As, yeah. as much as the UFC tried to build up Nate Diaz as this huge yeah, monster they, they when they lied. were fighting Conor McGregor yeah, they at 170. Yeah, size is crazy. But this is a guy who fights at 155. He's a lightweight. Ty- yeah. Tyron Woodley walks around at 205, 550 <laughs> pounds heavier. Yeah, you know, Nate is a lot taller than him, but he's definitely not as big as him. I don't. I, I would imagine he's not as like raw, physically strong as him. And it's just style, style-wise, it's it's a it's a tough uh, matchup. Nate Diaz has fought at welterweight. He's never been able to beat um, elite opposition there. Um, he is a lightweight. He's an elite lightweight. He arguably deserves a a, a rubber match uh, that should be a title fight against Conor McGregor. There's a number of people that deserve that fight, but that fight doesn't seem to be happening. So, yeah, this is interesting. I mean, it's a it's a rough uh, it's a rough big big money matchup uh, for for Diaz, but um, I think big money would 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 attract him or either one of them. I don't think he would back away from the fight. Yeah, uh, it definitely would make a big money. You know, all the theories start floating out there about why they like to justify the fight and all these things. It's just kind of been uh, really entertaining. It, you know, and, and some of the theories don't necessarily, they're not completely ludicrous. Um, but what have you heard? There was one uh, that was like about Nate Diaz needs, it's like, it was, I, I'm going to call it the follow the money conspiracy. Uh-huh. And it was that, uh, that, and I'm going to forget all the little details of how everything's connected, but it was like, Nate needs a big payday because he's about to get sued. And 
something it's like a big payday for this and i don't know there was like this whole thing about how like nate diaz is gonna take the fight because he needs money and he's gonna get sued and you know blah, <laughs> I mean, blah, he blah, needs blah. money because he needs money because he's right. a human being right that's hilarious that's fine i wonder what, what, was, what was a lawsuit that they're I alleging know. i don't know i didn't look into it. it was just like a tweet i saw somebody retweet it or quote tweeted it and was like this isn't crazy um but Anyway, is that why Mike Bisbing is taking this fight? Because he's got a lawsuit pending against him for, for, yeah. for charges for, for, for I mean, assault, he does have possibly. a lawsuit. So, <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Now let's let's, so let's take sure it back he, to the realm of reality. I'm, though I'm sure UFC 217 pay per view points covered him on that one. Yeah, I would hope so. The biggest pay per view ever in Canada. Wow. Bigger than Mayweather McGregor. That's awesome. Dana White. Yeah. So it shows how how uh, absurdly ridiculous Dana White and the new UFC ownership was in, in claiming that George St. Pierre was not a big draw anymore. He's freaking huge draw internationally well, this is still part of the 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 thing if you look at the predicament that the ufc is in right now you want to do these huge tentpole cards where you have three title fights but the problem is is like and you deplete it so like in october in a span of a month sure. between october and november you had two pay-per-views and you had five titles right you have like 10 or 11 titles i think right. um in the thing so like half your titles are between two events and yeah, doesn't work. if you count the featherweight being defended six Three pay-per-views, six title fights uh, lined up. So <laughs> you, you're stuck. And they've been cutting their roster, including many top five and top ten people right. in divisions. Uh, that's why, I mean, their only solution has been creating ridiculous interim titles. Well, yeah. So, like, you're in a bad spot. So, like, the, the resistance to the 165-pound title, like, there could be a 165-pound title fight. Yeah. It's better than make-believe interim titles. I like your 165-pound title because I think there should be a lot more titles generally. Uh, but it's like you know, it's but like, it's certainly they're marketing tools. Yeah, like it's just. Anyways, that's yeah. a discussion for another day. No, it's a good one. You brought up Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping yeah. stepping up on incredibly short notice to fight yeah. Kelvin Gastelum on the other side of the world in Shanghai, uh, filling in for Anderson Silva, who's popped or had it put pulled for another potential use out of violation yeah. is the terminology to use. Uh, and so Orwellian terminology it, yeah. to use, and it followed comes, by ridiculous opaque procedure and process he's taking the fight like a week after he got uh choked unconscious at ufc 217 two weeks before the fight is supposed to take place this is just ridiculous right what happened when he's supposed to be suspended for 30 days yeah yeah he was he was he received a 30-day suspension i don't know if they cut it down to seven days in any case it wouldn't matter because he's fighting in shanghai and the ufc will self-regulate there and they don't care about (laughs) regulations in that regard um yeah it's it's listen before people think or confuse it. Michael Bisbing is a warrior. He's he's an incredible fighter. He's Absolutely. a fighter's fighter. For him to step in and do this, it's 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 laudatory. Do I think it's it's uh, smart? No. Do I think it should be allowed? Of course not. He was dropped, so that it, he definitely took some brain damage there, and then he was choked unconscious. And three weeks later, he's going to fight a guy in his twenties when he's virtually forty years old. That, that's insane. That's that's again. That's like some. Some like 19th century on the docks, uh, bare knuckle, 50 round prize fighting, like, uh, you know, uh, type of situation where people, boxers were fighting like every week, every two weeks, and no one was doing any type of uh, sanctioning or regulation. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's very dangerous. And, and I won't go into too, I won't go too far into this, but let's just, Michael Bisbing, his age, the fact that he just got hurt and choked unconscious, and the fact that, he, he's had serious like eye trauma and he just got hit in that and that eye again. I won't go into you know too much speculation about that eye, but that eye doesn't look right. 
it doesn't look right. And I know that a lot of athletic commissions don't don't look at these things as carefully as they should. So I don't know what condition his eye is in. I don't know what condition his eye has been in for, for a couple of years now. Uh, he's a beast. This this fight shouldn't be happening. That that's insane. That's, and I think it's exploitative to put this guy back in there three weeks after he's concussed and choked unconscious. I, I just think that's absurd. I, I think I tweeted something out. You know, it's been buried down my Twitter. Yeah, so I was I watching. It. It, I can't dig it up now. But it's like <laughs> I get I get it. He's like the biggest draw about Bisping has always been his heart, and I think that's fully on display here. And I've heard him explain. I think on Flow Combat why he's taking yeah. this fight I and spoke with Damon Martin about that it makes a lot of sense like and I understand and that fear him, it's like of course. Per, you know it's just an unnecessary risk it, it, but, is this a sport or is it not time, a sport fighters the, the refs jump in in the fight you know to stop them to protect them from themselves that's what a TKO is a lot of times right the fighters can and they, a lot of times they complain and they want they want to continue fighting either it's a sport and they can intercede for the health of fighters in in a particular fight and overall in their career or they can't. And if, and if these types of fights happen in 2017 in the big leagues, I, I think it's, it really uh, delegitimizes it as a sport. But is there the, at least like kind of the comfort that Kelvin Gastelum is a guy who should be fighting at welterweight? No, there's and no real comfort. Kelvin Gastelum hurts like people. Man. And by the way, if you're listening, feel free to chime in yeah, with your please. thoughts and questions. Yeah, about I, don't, this. I, don't, I don't think so. I feel I see a guy that's like 15 years younger and that has had a great success at welterweight, including against... Um, the current uh, champion, they had a, he had a very close fight with Tyron Woodley. He's a knockout artist. So, no, it's, it's no real. If he was fighting, if Michael Bisping had to fight me, then it would be okay. He could take some comfort in it. Like, yeah, he's, it's a big big disparity there. Michael probably would be all right. If he's fighting another elite professional at any weight, at any weight, if he – listen, if he's grappling – Three weeks after that, if he's sparring in the gym three weeks after, that's what those suspensions are for. Those are 30 days, like, no contact, right? Like, not in the gym. They, you can't really enforce it with the budgets athletic commissions have, but that's what that's for. So it doesn't comfort me much, you know. It, it's better than if you were fighting Mark Hunt, I guess. But Yeah. Um, Mike, what do you think? I think at least just hit it on the head there. It's funny we pull – Mark Hunt after comments he made and then yeah. Michael Bisping's like well I'm a warrior and this is what I'd love to do and I have all these mental demons now if he would have said he had physical demons what would Dana White have mm. done I think that's the big key there very interesting very interesting this has become like Mike weighs in on who won the discussion and I don't know that I like <laughs> that. oh I'm sorry no, I, I'm listen you and I are on the same team right I saw your <laughs> tweets you're saying hey you're not you're not uh, if it were me if I if Michael not good if I had Michael Bisping's ear I would have been like like live to fight you know what i mean yeah. this is something that could shorten your career and your career is already yeah doesn't have that much length left it could shorten your life his career is almost that's over, true right like that's the issue or at least affect the quality no but we, we we were saying the same thing on twitter i saw what you were interacting with people so mike 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 p ruled it a draw because we agree draw yeah well i was gonna say I'm, I'm, ufc 205 <laughs> i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth though because i just love every time bisping fights sure and i'll take and i think he's really doing a favor for the ufc you know keeping this main event alive so then he can turn around and say march 17th england i want that fight main event give me a can Right, exactly. <laughs> Plus, that, that fight card's on my birthday, and I kind of want to go to England for my birthday. <laughs> Bisping, Nate Diaz, London, March 17th. Yeah, there ain't no can there. <laughs> Both men are going to get hit a lot in that fight. <laughs> Any, uh, anybody chiming in in the chat, Mike? Uh, right now, we don't really have much. Um, we have someone saying, or Matthew saying, Kelvin definitely shouldn't be fighting at middleweight. Mm -hmm. He's small for that class, but it's definitely dangerous for, 
for Bisping because Kelvin is a tough out for anybody. I agree with that. Yeah, he fought Weidman. That was a yeah. that wasn't an easy easy out for Weidman, who's former uh-huh. middleweight champion. But yeah, Kelvin shouldn't fight a middleweight. I agree. Yeah, there sh- he should be fighting at that one seventy five pound division. Uh-huh. Or I think he should fight a lightweight. Pure and simple. He's a short individual. <laughs> he needs to. He's no reason he should be fighting at even welterweight. Yeah, he's he's just so good that he can though. Like he's he's a really good like 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 uh, he said on the in the chat. He's a tough out. Doesn't right. matter who you put him against. He's never gonna you're never gonna look that good against Kelvin Gastelum. You know he's because he's a great fighter. But so to kind of get back to uh, to things, we're both against this. Yeah. What would you have done in the UFC matchmaker's position? Would you have scrapped that main event? Who would you put in there? Yeah, I mean, like if you look at a, this is an analogy. If you look at uh, take it a step further. If you look at a lot of times with boxing, when a big boxing, in a big boxing main event, if someone gets hurt four weeks, five weeks, six weeks out, a lot of times it's just, you just, you, you, you pack up, you postpone, and you go on. That fight should, that should be canceled. I mean, no one should be fighting in the big leagues in that type of notice. And you shouldn't be forced to change opponents that notice. The problem is fighters are willing to change opponents that notice because they make relatively little. So Kelvin's desperate, like everyone's relatively desperate because they need that. They need that check. They they have no. Uh, they're not as paid as well as as people in the top twenty, thirty, forty, fifty as boxing by and large, uh, and they certainly don't have like the the pensions that are available in, in other uh, more legitimated sports. So, I mean, I I think when the main you either you go on with without that main event because UFC cards are deeper than boxing cards usually, but you certainly scrap that whole fight. Like no one should be these fighters should be paid well enough where they're not desperate to like okay I'll fight anyone, I'll fight a bigger guy now I'll fight this guy now I'll, I'll jump in I have I'm not a, I'm not in shape I just got choked out but I'll jump in again, like I don't know I, I think that fight just needs to be postponed I think Kelvin Gastelum needs to fight an, another another you know another week but but he would you know something a, would need to change structurally so that he wouldn't be so dependent on it because now he's out money right he's been training and he's just three weeks away probably has two weeks left of actual work and now he's gonna be left out of a paycheck that's a tough position to be in. Yeah, and it's a fight pass card. You know, yeah, I mean, like it's yeah. not Fox, right. not Fox Sports. It's a, uh, it's fight pass. You know, who might have been interesting? Derek Brunson, mm. isn't he? He's open right now. Like, Is he? You could have given him that main event slot on fight pass. He's not scheduled sure. against anyone. Am I right? No, I he's think. not. Yeah. I know he just recently won. So he's yeah. been calling for a lot of guys. He said everyone's been ducking him. That sounds like. Right, a that lot better than Michael Bisping. Right, you know. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, two great fighters. Then, then I would shift gears to like Kelvin Gastelum shouldn't be fighting a middleweight because Derek Brunson <laughs> is all of middleweight. Like he is, he is every bit of middleweight. But you know, what are you gonna do? Well, you could have done Yushin Okami. He, sure. He's, uh, they just brought him back to fight. <laughs> Like in uh, the Japan yeah, two card. hours notice. No, but he bought a quick yeah. notice. That was yeah. another quick notice. Like yeah. he would have at least gotten a little more notice this time around. <laughs> That's but, true. Uh, that would have been fun. He's a tall individual. I've actually been in the gym with Yushinokami. He is. I mean, I don't even know how much this guy cuts to make to make. Well, he fought. At a, he fought OSP, and yeah. that was, I guess, a light heavyweight. I wonder yeah. if he could, you know, if he could still make middleweight. Yeah, and that notice. Too. That's what I would wonder because he's he's a big guy. Like, yeah. I, I bet he. I bet he cuts weight. Yeah. Like real weight to get the middleweight. Anyways, uh, it's. 215. Yeah, you want, you want to see if we can get Mike Brown? Let's try it. Let's see. Supposed to have Coach Mike Brown joining us right now. He's, uh, for those of you who don't know, if you don't know, Mike Brown is the head coach of American Top Team. Uh, you know, one of the most fabled stables of uh, or camps of fighters in the country. Uh, UFC Bantamweight champion Amanda Nunes trains there. Former champion Yuana Zhejunczyk cha- trains there. Uh, of course, the people's champion Colby Covington. 
And, and his good there. friend Tyron Woodley is, I, despite what Colby says, he still is an ATT. Well, he owns an member. ATTM gym. He sure does. Sure does. So, <laughs> he's not even an ATT member. He's ATTM ownership. That's right. All right. I'm giving Mike a call now. Let's see if we can get him. Looks like we, like we might have to call back. Coach is busy. No worries. Wouldn't doubt it. The guy, him and Dean Thomas, coach everybody. More. Yeah, like every, he's always flying. The around. one thing I want to really like the new gym at American Top Team is so incredible that the uh, the curtain they hang up around the cage for privacy. I I, I just want to know like what it's like for a fight. That just seems so kind of it would be weird, weirdly right? surreal. Like like you're in a cage, but it makes it, the experience entirely more more claustrophobic. It would be weird. Oh, Mike Brown's calling his back. All Can right, pick it up. Right, let's see. Coach, it's Elias. Thanks for calling back. Uh, yeah, sorry, Mister. Oh, no worries. I'm here with uh, uh, my co-host uh, Mike Dice. Uh, thanks for being on the show, man. You're you're. We were just talking about how busy you are. You're all over the world all the time. Um, you've had a bunch of fights. Are you? You're not. You're not going to Australia this week, are you? No, 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 okay. no. We have uh, Will Brooks fighting, but uh, he's got a, a couple coaches with him. He he's he's good to go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well. You've been busy the last couple of weeks, so we definitely wanted to, um, to chat with you. Uh, Dice, go ahead, man. I know you had some stuff you wanted to ask Coach about with his boy, Colby Colvington, who we had on right before his last fight, actually, against Damian Maya. Yeah, Coach, thanks for uh, taking the time, out, uh, the time out to talk to us. Uh, I guess my first question would be, you know, so much of this Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley drama, it gets billed as ATT versus ATT, but – do you guys still kind of consider Woodley ATT? I know he owns an ATT gym, but he trains a lot at Rufus Sport now. What's the, what's the perception? Is it really ATT versus ATT? Well, I mean, he 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 does own his own ATT school, and he's always uh, you know been affiliated with us. And and Dean Thomas is is kind of one of the head coaches at at Coconut Creek, and he travels and and helps him a lot. So that's. Uh, that's how he's kind of considered really an ATT guy. Um, but he hasn't trained at Coconut Creek for a while. You know, he, he was there. So they're not always training together. So that's, that's, that's a good thing. You know, so it's, it's not like they're, they're working out every day side by side. Having, having worked with both fighters, how do you kind of see that potential matchup going down? I mean, honestly, I haven't, uh, worked with uh woodley too much you know he's he's been he's been there and uh uh for for quite some time and and I'm, i've never been one of his coaches you know that that handles him um but it's uh i, I like the fight it'd, it'd be an exciting fight i think it's uh one the the fans would really get behind i think Colby's uh you know doing a great job of getting people to uh pay attention to him and it's definitely working what do you what do you make of that uh you know a lot of people talk about him um putting forth all this effort to kind of promote himself and some people don't like it and some people do like it and I, th I think the whole thing's kind of a little hypocritical because you see a guy like Demetrius Johnson or even maybe Tyron Woodley people say that they don't do enough to promote themselves and here's a guy making forth the effort and then some people can be critical of it what do, what do you kind of make of the whole thing yeah I mean it's it's working you know, uh, 
you know, is is this really his his character? You know, uh, is this how he is in normal life? You know, not, no, not not one hundred percent by any means. Uh, but it's definitely getting people to pay attention. And uh, once he started talking, is when he started getting the big fights. He got the 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 Kim fight, you know, a top ten guy, and then followed by Damian Maya. So uh, it's it's working without a doubt and you see his names everywhere and uh and maybe maybe he'll uh get a title shot uh i'm not i'm not sure when but uh he's now ranked third so he's pretty damn close i hear they're looking for an opponent for tyron woodley for ufc 219 it's the rumor anyways <laughs> well he uh he could fit right in there without a doubt <laughs> what so the is colby's last fight was was in brazil against you know, a Brazilian, a great Brazilian fighter, Damian Maia. Then afterwards, he came out and said the comments he said, and like, oh, you know, your whole place is a dump and this and that. And you know, of course, this is after um, the the, chant, the crowd is chanting, "You're gonna die" in Portuguese and stuff. And, yeah. You know, I want to, I, I want to your your take on on those comments. I even saw, you know, other, you know, there's a lot of Brazilians uh, at ATT, and there's a lot of people that spoke out publicly saying, hey, you know, Colby's my guy, but I didn't like what he said and, and things of that nature. So I wanted to take on, just on, on those comments themselves, did they surprise you? <laughs> what did you think about them? Did you just have to roll your eyes? And then, and then I had a question about how it's being handled. I saw right away the uh, UFC official came and said, oh, we're going we're gonna to look into it under the code of conduct. I mean, Conor McGregor said he was an enslave of favela. Charles Sonnen called him, like, uh, a bunch of, like, monkeys and stuff so and they never said anything about that do you do you think it's a little hypocritical the way colby's been treated by the ufc i mean he i don't I, he doesn't really i mean i hate to kind of blow the cover but <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't mean all this stuff sure, you know sure. it's literally literally the the following week he's uh in canada to do a pro, doing a pro wrestling show you know He's he's playing it up. He's he's getting the crowd angry, you know, by design on purpose, just to 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 get some sort of emotion out of them. You know, does does he does he mean this stuff? I don't think so. Hmm. You know, uh, does he believe it all? You know, I I don't think so. But uh, he he's just play, playing it up, getting people mad, trying to get the crowd involved. And I think he's realized it's it's a lot easier to get them to hate you than than to love you. <laughs> You know, and uh, it's it's working. You know, is it uh, is it my favorite? You know, do would, would I want to do that? You know, maybe not. But I can see I can see its value, and I can see. I mean, there are other guys that have done it in the past that have that have kind of run with this. Like, I mean, Bisping is doing the same thing. Uh, you know, Chael did it. You know, very well. But the thing about Colby, he can man, he can fight. He can back it up. I think he's got uh, the best conditioning you know, of anybody I've ever seen as far as wrestling and uh, scrambling goes. It's, it's, he's definitely a, a special athlete without a doubt. You know, it's, he's not a normal guy by any means. And that's what makes it amazing. He can back it up. You know, he can, uh, he, he, you know. Oh, I think we lost you there. You're breaking up. Can you hear us? Yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah, okay. I hear you. you I, know I, mean? I, I can hear you now again. Sorry about that. We just cut off for a second. Okay. Um, you, we we were ta- we we're talking about Colby Covington's, you know, possibly getting a title shot. Looks like he's certainly ready for one. Uh, 
Dustin Poirier, to me, like he, he his last two opponents have been former world champions. I know the Alvarez Eddie Alvarez uh, fight was controversial, but he certainly fought really well against him. And then he just beat Anthony Pettis. Uh, do you, do you feel Dustin show that he's ready for uh, for a, a world title fight at this point? Yeah, without a doubt, he's capable of it. Uh, and both both of these guys, Colby and Dustin, we, I've always thought. I mean, we've always thought as a team, too, that these guys are built for five-round fights. I mean, they're really going to shine and excel. Uh, both of them uh, both have crazy muscle endurance uh, and are going to get stronger as the fight goes. You know, I think it's one of the most important attributes as, as a professional fighter. You know, I think mental toughness and conditioning are probably the two most important factors, and uh, both of them have it. Uh, yeah, Dustin is is very close, and every fight he's in is amazing. You know, like you're, he's never in a fight that you're not like blown away by. <laughs> Always exciting. That's totally true. Do you, do you like seeing the way he spoke up uh, afterwards? I don't know. They said it was he was talking to Sean Shelby afterwards, but in the ring before they even gave him the mic, he was telling him, "Hey, listen, I, I want I'm calling the fight I want. He wants to fight the winner of Gaethje uh, Alvarez. Uh, I want 50k. Did you like seeing him, uh, you know, advocate for himself like that?" He, yeah, he was just he was fired up. You know, I kind of I kind of laughed at it. You know, I'm like, man, you just, you know, you looked great. You you want a boatload of money, and you're still pissed off. You know, <laughs> that's just his that's his personality. Sometimes, you know, he's got a little anger in him, and I think he it fuels him. And uh, I think he well, what happened is I think he felt uh, he kind of got screwed. You know, he he was uh, dismantling. You know. Alvarez looking great, uh, doing great, and then he gets, you know, uh, cracked with a with a couple two two illegal knees, and uh, wasn't able to finish. and And that really should have been his win, you know. That should have been a a, a win by DQ, or I mean, it would be would have been better if the fight just kept playing out. But so then then I he wanted he wanted to fight him again, you know. He wanted okay, let's get the rematch. I. I I think they said that it, that it was going to happen, and then next thing he hears is now, now Alvarez, and now Alvarez is <clears throat> on the television show, you know, mm. and he felt like uh, that that fight got pulled away from him, and you know Alvarez was kind of awarded for for giving them uh, him two illegal knees, you know, mm. so that's that's where that that comes from. That's fair outrage, too. It would have been a signature win, former champion. I mean, it would have been a huge win on his resume to get essentially taken from you. And it was, I mean, it was, I mean, I don't, I don't understand how it's not yeah. a DQ. Not that you want to win that way, but it's like, the guy, you know, you're on your hands and knees and he needs you. Then how, how do you get DQ'd? Right. Now, it was do a you, wrong do, call. Do, yeah. Cause do you say, all right. Now I'm gonna knee you in the head. You know, you gotta say it first because they say like, well, if it's not, in, we don't think it was an intentional. Well, of course it was intentional. Well, John you know? Jones has yeah. that loss on his record for t the twelve six elbows. Yeah, yeah, the same and situation. Intentionality is a really a lot of refs for some reason talk about it when if you look in the rules you don't you don't see it. Like the intentionality is like a mind crime type of designation that, yeah, that you doesn't can't, exist. You can't. Exactly, exactly. It's a weird thing. Like, he intended to throw a knee. It landed in illegal places up to the ref's discretion, right? Like, it's, it's a weird thing. Got one, one more thing I want to ask you about, Dustin. We want to we want to check a little bit about another one of your fighters uh, fought a couple weeks ago, Joanna um, J.J. Check. 
Dustin, so if you know, we're talking about Dustin being ready for um, title fight. The yeah. technically the lightweight champion is Conor McGregor. They fought before at featherweight. How do you how do you, what do you think would be different? How do you think that 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 rematch um, would go differently? Of course, Dustin, you know he he came out on the losing end that time. What do you think would go different this time for him? Uh, which one? Uh, uh, Dustin versus uh, Conor McGregor, like a rematch between those two for the lightweight title. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see he's he's improving all the time, and I'm very confident in his skills, and uh, I, I think he wins that fight. You know, I think uh, he's he's grown a lot as a fighter in the, in the, in the short period of time. Uh, one of the, the things really that he's uh, really focusing working on is just slowing it down. See, he the, the thing with Dustin, it's like he gets in there and he always just wants to get rid of the guy so quickly. Like he wants to get right to business and put his hands on him in the first 30 seconds and just start, uh, you know, slinging leather as hard as he can. And when what he's realized is, hey, if I slow it down, reel it in, be patient and, and just protect myself, take care of myself and pick my shots. Eventually the guy will go down, but just do it later on in the fight. You don't need to finish the guy in the first minute, you know. And uh, it's really, it's it's been a huge improvement, and it's and it's helping his game, and he's doing great uh, with that mindset. And uh, that's it, man. So yeah. I'm very confident in him, and I think that's how how it would be different. How how is we don't I don't know we don't know if Joanna is like in Florida since her her loss. Of course, she lost her starway title to Rose Number Eunice, and. Um, How's she doing mentally, um, as far as you can tell, after that loss? We know MMA, losing an MMA is a new thing for her, and it can't be easy. You know, I was really impressed. I was really in, in, impressed how she handled herself. You know, much. she's a really strong mind, really smart girl, and uh, she, she knows how to carry herself, you know, uh, when, she, when she's, you know, in a, in a good spot or, or a bad spot. She's... Uh, yeah, impressed with with how she she dealt with it, how how she, you know, kept her chin up, you know, talked at the press conference, you know, even though it was very painful, you know, it was uh, it was a really tough spot to be in, but uh, you know, she, she she's impressed me in many ways. You know, I was at that press conference and she was very professional, and she mentioned that that uh, her Cody and Michael Bisping were all. Uh, being professional, they all did countless post-fight interviews, uh, you know, outside of just the press conference. But she also took time to acknowledge you and a milestone in your career. And I thought that was, you know, for her to be in the situation, there's got to be a flood of emotions and so many thoughts to to make sure she found the time to acknowledge you. Uh, I thought was really kind of special and spoke a lot about her. It just shows what kind of person she is. You know, she's, uh, I mean, just a real bright girl, real strong mind, and always looking to like, you know, say good things about other people. Doesn't ever want to make anybody look bad. Uh, and yeah, there's just I, I could go on. There, there, there's so many great attributes about her. I mean, she's definitely a, a special special athlete. You know, you know, one in a million or once in a lifetime type of person. You know. You know, that's very easy to believe. I've only interviewed her once in, in person. I've only heard good things uh, about her from folks like you. Of course, in addition to the way she is with, you know, those around her and when she's not about to fight someone, she's she's very, she's very she's one of the most prolific, most intentional, you know, trash talkers, intimidating type of fighters out there, right? When it comes to her staring at her opponent when it gets close 
to, to fight time. And I, I, I remember I, a friend of mine who's also a, um, a, a writer, you know, we were chatting and one of the things that topics that came up is like, wow, you know, what, what is, what is, uh, what is Joanna going to say about Rose? Rose seems so cool, so nice and stuff. Uh, and I, I remember thinking like, she'll, she'll do something. Right. And, and it seems to me, I, I, Mike, when I look at, at the way Joanna tries to intim, I think she's like trying to intimidate opponents a lot. She reminds me of people like Muhammad Ali or Michael Jordan who Ali verbally more than Jordan, at least publicly, would say some really you know rough, cruel things sometimes to opponents, um, and 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 Jordan too was was very famous for like creating a slight, a perceived slight, if he needed to. Like if no one did anything to him, he would make something up in his head so he could have that edge. And it strikes me as sometimes the best competitors are also the most ruthless, and sometimes that makes them a bit cruel verbally with with their with their opponents and, and maybe it's a departure from the way they are in, in everyday life. Do you, what do you think of that analogy between someone like Joanna and other ruthless competitors like Michael Jordan or Muhammad Ali? Um, and and do, why do you think she does the type of in, intimidation tactics and, and verbal trash talk that she does? Well, I just think it's part of the game. I think, I mean, I don't know everything that they've said or done like uh, Michael Jordan or, or Ali, but uh, you know, she's doing a couple things. She's, uh, you know, starting the fight before it happens with, with mm. the mental warfare, trying to get into the opponent's head, you know, and it's also, uh, it's also selling the fight. You know, it's, it's what you want to see, you know, people, you're going to tune in to watch. You, you, it's not as exciting when two people are like hugging and shaking hands and, you know, uh, buddy, buddy, this is, this is not a fight you get excited about. <laughs> you know, this is, you want a little bit of, you know, tension, a little bit of, uh, you know, bad blood to, to really fuel the, the fire. You know, is like the Diaz brothers. It's always so much fun to watch, right? Because every time you watch them, you know, it, it it's, feels very sincere. It's it, You feel that they, that they're, you know, they're angry. They want to fight. They really want to, you know, mess this person up, you know, that it almost gives it that like street fight feel, you know. And uh, it makes it really exciting. You always want to watch it. You know, you, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, whether if you're on their side or not, you, you don't want to miss it. Yeah, well, I think, I think that's fair to say. And moving forward, what, what's, as a coach, what, what's the type of schedule you'd like to see, you know, if you had your way, the type of schedule you'd like Joanna to take now in terms of rest, in terms of training again, in terms of possibly, you know, when, when, she, when you would want to see her compete again? Like, what, what type of pace would you like to see her take? you know we we still have to uh talk a, a few things over mm. you know uh some of the things that that went wrong with the camp and uh we you know we're, we're ironing the details out or so hopefully early you know early next year uh we're, we're back in there for for another title shot and uh we, we bring it back home, you know, and that's that's what I think should will happen, and I think it's just a matter of time. So going into the last week's fight, I, we, we texted a bit. I wished you luck with, with Dustin Poirier's fight, but I didn't know you were going to be cornering Andrei Olavsky. That was kind of cool to see on television. How did how did that come about? Were you were you training him before? Or like I, That was just news nope. to me in my experience. That was really cool, really cool. Um, Jorge Masvidal kind of set me up with him because uh, – they share a striking coach, Paulino, and 
you know, Andre asked me to help him. I only helped him for like the last three weeks. Mm. You know, it was a real honor. Uh, first time I worked with him, I worked with him like three weeks before the fight. You know, uh, ex heavyweight champ. He's a guy who I looked up to for many years. A great athlete. That's that. Uh, and amazing to me, like unbelievably super coachable, unbelievable for a guy who's, you know, that accomplished and been around for this long. I mean, more than most I've seen is he, I mean, he's like listening to everything you say and trying everything that you ask him, even the fight, you know, you yell something out, he tries it right away. I mean, it's crazy. Not many fighters are, are like that, you know, and uh, I was just super happy and super honored to be part of it and happy that he, that he won, you know, uh, it was pretty cool. Well, my, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, he was he snapped a big. Uh, uh, it was cool to see you in this corner as he snapped a, a big losing streak, and he looked he looked good in it. So that that's that's awesome. Uh, it'd be he'll be he'll be smart to continue to work with you moving forward. But coach, it's been super interesting chatting with you as always. You're you're one of the busiest, if not the busiest, people in the sport. So thanks for making time and uh, um, let us know any and the fans know anything else they need to be. Keeping a tune to for you. Any any other of your fighters coming up soon? Let us know um, and and where they can find some info on that. Okay, yeah. And, and a couple of weeks ago, got uh, Saba Hamasi uh, UFC. Shit, I'm not even sure what the date is. <laughs> couple, three weeks from now, two and a half weeks. Then we got uh, Valerie Letourneau. Oh yeah. Uh, Mid December, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio fighting Mike Perry. That's a good one. Um, yeah, and then the then the end of the year, Kyoji Horiguchi, uh, in the Ryzen tournament. So some big things coming up, and uh, super pumped. That's awesome. Yeah, you've been doing some. You and uh, Horiguchi have been doing some good, good work out there, man. It's been. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how the hell he ended up. Uh, you know, leaving the UFC, how they let him go, but he's doing some big things out in Japan again. So that's been fun to watch. Yeah, freak athlete, freak athlete, special right. guy. Well, we're gonna have you on again sometime. Thanks again, coach. I really appreciate it, Coach Mike Brown for American Top Team. Okay, take take care. You too. And he mentioned Andre Andre Olovsky. I wanted to be like Chicago shout out. That's a <laughs> Chicago guy, a guy with ties to Chicago. Yeah, he All trained right. uh first part of his his uh his UFC career was was actually with with where I used to train. He remember when he was fighting actually before his first fight Aaron Brooks, uh, then uh all the way through uh, when he won the title, uh, he was training here, and he—it's cool. He—he uh, he would just come to jiu-jitsu class and do sparring. Like he was just one of the people in class, and that's how he prepared for yeah. his UFC title fights. I remember a bunch of nine to five jiu-jitsu guys shooting on him when when he was preparing to fight Vladimir Vetchenko, who's one of the best wrestlers we've ever seen in MMA, and he did stuff those takedowns in that fight. Kind of cool. And he's lived all over the world and all over the country uh, since since then, but he still puts down Chicago, Illinois, as his fighting out of. I don't even know if he lives here anymore, but he puts it down, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you know? I, that's, you know, the thing that they do the fighting out of, you know, I guess it's kind of like a ceremonial thing, but it's always, I think that's kind of always interesting to see where people put, you know, even though um, Yuana's fighting in, uh, or she's at Coconut Creek training, yeah. she still puts Poland at her home. Yeah, home. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, As a, I want to give you a heads up. We just got a text from someone we were hoping to get on. I don't know if um, Jason Perillo said he can come on in five minutes. We're going to try J- Coach Jason Perillo in a bit. We can do Perillo. We were, we were talking about how his guy, Mike Bisping, shouldn't be fighting, so the least we can do is give that camp a chance to <laughs> talk about it, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, so Jason Perillo, among among many great fighters he coached, he, he's the head coach for Michael Bisping, who, who lost to George St. Pierre in a, that epic UFC 217 fight. Who I, I, had, I had Mike Bisping winning that fight, and then he got caught. Uh, and and St. Pierre looked to be getting tired, so they of course got this Gaslam fight coming up. 
Chris Cyborg, who uh, Jace Prill is her head coach, she's training like a like a beast as usual, it seems, and she's waiting to fight someone. She's going through a drug test, yeah. so it'd be good if we get. He he. Uh, it turns out he texted us maybe like halfway through our conversation with with uh, Mike Brown. So hopefully it still works for him, but we could try him in a minute or two, uh, see if he's around. That'd be fun to chat with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he'd, he'd definitely be an interesting uh, person to talk to and, and to get some answers about the cyborg home situation. Yeah, and what's going on with That's that? That's true. Um, what is going on with that? Yeah, do you want to give him a ring now or? Is it too yeah, soon? I can. Uh, I can try and see what. He, yeah, yeah. I'll give him. Uh, I'll tell him. I'll give him a call now. Give me a thumbs up. Hopefully that means he's uh, he's good now. He's okay. So Jason Perillo is also crazy sick. So he's also a new uh, coach for Rafael dos Anjos, former lightweight ch- uh, champion who is apparently in a number one contenders fight for the welterweight championship. So Jason Perillo is also one of the busiest is people in MMA. Though? Is it slow? Like I if mean, you're actively uh, trying to get Tyron Woodley to defend the belt at UFC 219, is it a number one contender? Yeah, I don't know that that's it's like the a number case. One, you're like Tyron Woodley's talking. Neck, you're like the number. Two contender, and you're waiting for the number one contender to get cleared out. At, it's, I mean, it's, it's how no logic. More, it's no dictate. more confusing than any other freaking title situation. If, if they're gonna fight soon, and they're fighting soon, and Woodley is saying he's gonna fight soon, the timing could still work out. He already put out a picture on social media that was the champ camp. Yeah. So. So I mean, he's in camp. Dos Anjos is in camp. They each fight. The winner of each one, you know, face each other. Timing could work out. Um, it's a whole nother discussion of if our, and we've had this before, I think, on the show of like RDA Lawler should be a number one contender fight or not. But I don't know. For yeah, Dana White has said it's a number one contender's fight. Dana's White, <laughs> Dana White's word on these matters doesn't mean much. So Mike Dice is correct to be skeptical. <laughs> Let's see, we'll call Coach Perillo up now. Let's see if he picks up. Coach, thanks for making time here with uh, with Mike Dice. Going real well. Super happy to that you're making some time. We'll get you in and out, but we're super stoked to talk to you. There's there's a lot going on in your world, um, so it's a, it's a great time to to chat with you. Um, first up, I said we got to give got to give you a chance to talk about. We were talking earlier actually about your fighter Michael Bisping uh, turning around and accepting a fight with Kelvin Gastelum. So I'll tell you what I was saying. Clearly, Michael Bisping is just like a warrior on a whole nother level, right? Like I saw an Instagram post you put out there saying, hey, when, when coaches say their fighter's a real fighter, sometimes I, you know, I think, oh, that's cute. Because you clearly justifiably have a lot of respect for, for your guy. I, I am worried, though, because that's fighting three weeks after getting choked unconscious. Oh, I knew you would be worried. <laughs> yeah, Nobody's going to be more worried than Elias. I know that. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that when you were commenting. Here, here I'm getting the worry work conversation going on right now. Well, tell me why it's still a, it's still a good idea and, and, and you guys are excited about this. It's not that it's a good or bad idea. It's, it, it, it's the spirit of Michael Bisping. That's just the way it is. Uh, you, know, you know, I was talking about it earlier as well. I mean, you know, Mike's at Mike Mike Mike's at peace with whatever decisions he makes, you know. And uh, he uh, he's the type of guy that he just doesn't. He rather he rather ignore the negative in the past and try to focus on making some positive in the future. You know. So um, I, is there health concerns? Of course, there's always health concerns. Uh, Mike, you know, when when he when he originally called, 
me and he said, and he, you know, he wanted to call Dana to, to hey, accept this fight. Yeah, I'm not hurt at all. I, I Nothing bothers me at all. I'm not hurt my head, too. I'm completely fine. You know, and I mean, in all reality, and you probably know this as well, Elias, I mean, guys guys get knocked out of the gym a week or two before the fight yeah. a lot of times. You know, that happens more times than you know about, than you even think about. That, you know, yeah. it happens. You know, it happens more times than not. You know, and, 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 and in all reality, you know, there is obviously a concern. There's always a safety concern, but he's healthy and he feels good and he, and he feels all right about it. You know, is there, you know, an emotional concern because of the uh, the, uh, the adrenaline and the exhaustion of all the promotion leading up to the last fight? Sure, but there's a, there's also a lot of conditioning there along hmm. with it. So, you know, it, 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 there's no perfect answer to any of this stuff. And, and it, of course... Should I be concerned? Yeah, but should, should I be excited and positive and, and go in there to, to help my guy win the fight? Of course, that that as well. You know, so, you know, once the fight's accepted, it's not my job to sit there and, and be worrying more about it. You know, it, it, my, my job is to, to, to go in there, to, you know, with the best mind frame we can go in there with. You know, sorry, the worry war usually doesn't, and I'm not picking on you on that. It's just no, worry war isn't, 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 uh, isn't the frame of mind that I could have. Yeah, no, of course. Or, or, or carry with me, you know? Yeah, you know, that you makes know, total it, it's sense. too late for that. <laughs> yeah, right. You're, you're, yeah, right. They're professional fighters already. It's already a dangerous life, the whole, the whole life of it, of course. Of course. That fight, I mean, that... Oh, it really is. Yeah, that fight, uh, you know, we want to move on to some other stuff in a second, but that fight was, you know, obviously didn't go your guys' way. Um, so, you know, we're sorry for, for that for you all. But, I mean, it was a great fight and one that I had uh, Bisbing up on. And not only did I have him up on the cards... St. Pierre was clearly um, at a different he point. He was going the other way. Yeah, he was going the other way, conditioning-wise, compared, Fuck, to, compared to Bisbee. If we got that fourth round, my fight stars. I mean, I, it would have, could have, should have, and did whatever, if, and, the but. So it doesn't really matter, but I know. Did, does it does it, did it make both of us and myself, of course, cringe a few times during the week after? Just going, God, we could have, God, we could have won that fight. Yeah. You know, but it's neither here nor there. Sure. You know, and I think that's a... a and Mike knows he could have won that fight, and Mike knows that you know he fell short in there, and it is frustrating, and he wants to get that out of his head. And he feels the best way to do that is go get another fist fight. Yeah, that's what makes him. God bless makes him a real fighter. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Uh, I know, Mike. You wanted to to ask a little bit about what's going on next with with Cyborg. We see Chris posting that she's getting tested, that she's training, and she's just waiting for an opponent. We don't know why it's not uh, Holly Holm. Yeah, there's uh, so much discussion about UFC 219 being the next time Cyborg was going to fight, but then we see reports that the fight's kind of fallen out. Is, is there still hope that she fights before the end of the year? Well, I mean. I, I I I happen to be sitting here with her right now at lunch. Um, so, and her manager, hey, 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 George Prezia, Chris Cyborg manager, hey, you're on the air right now. Hey, <laughs> next fight. You, can't, you have an idea, though. <laughs> you, yeah, it might be me. But <laughs> hey, I, I might happen to be at lunch discussing the next one. If you want to know, let's just tell you so you can... You can be the guy to let everybody know in the world. Yeah, that works for us. I want you to be the man. That works for us. We've had Chris on here before. Yeah, let, she let can call us anytime. Please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, we're sitting here right now. We're like, yeah, something's going to be happening. Here. Cool. Like, so uh, I guess we, it's not my job to uh, <laughs> to uh, open my mouth about it. <laughs> but, you know, it's definitely something exciting in the works. I'm sure. Chris Cyborg's a champion. I've been in Italy, you know, so I... 
gun to my head, we're going to see her fight here real soon. That's awesome. That's awesome. Last question for you before we let you go and, and make those exciting plans. And uh, eat. And eat. Lunch. And I guess that's important, too. Uh, RDA, we've seen you. We're following you on Instagram. You're working with Rafael Dos Anjos. It seems like you're real high on him. What, how's how's the camp going? What what do you like about about what you're seeing from him in the gym and the attitude he's giving you in the in camp? Well, that's it too. It's his attitude that I really like. You know, I, it, does he have a, a lot of physical capabilities? Of course he does. You know, uh, there's another spirit that I that I that I've been starting to connect with that I I dig. You know, he, he there's another guy's a real fighter. Um, the real fighter, and the difference between him and most of my other fighters is, you know, he doesn't he doesn't say a lot. <laughs> he's not going to sit there. And talk. He's not a guy to, to 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 spit a lot out of his mouth. But you know, he, he's you know, he's, he I think he I think he feels uh, I think he feels good. You know, since he's gone up to one seventy, I think um, I think he feels a lot stronger. He feels faster with these guys, and um, you know, I. Yeah, I, I, you know, he's, he, there's another guy, like, all my fights, I got lined up, and all my fights, I, I don't remember the last time, other than, I was the only fighter that I have that I go into a fight room where it's not the underdog. <laughs> you know, I'm a, for some reason, all my guys are, yeah, he is, um, but I, I still am real confident in that fight. Um, I, 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 I think, uh, I just think that RDA is just it's just in a, in, a, in a better place of mind than he. I, I, I see my problem is, is is I'm still getting to know RDA. Mm-hmm. You know, am I high? Of course, I'm high on my fighters. I'm talking about them in the most positive light that I can. You know, do, do I am I bullshitting? No, I, I do see I do see a lot of potential with RDA. Um, I don't know him from the past. We didn't spend time together when he was fighting at 155, and it, it, you know, I, I just started really working when he bumped up to 170. And uh, and again, it, it, it's a work in progress, and it, it, and it's uh, it's a get to know an athlete progress as well. You know, it's hard to you know, you got to spend a few fights, I think, with a guy to really, you know, really uh, really get to know, uh, you know, everything he has. He's obviously a champion. He's obviously got a champion heart. I the, the way he the way he performs in the gym, the way he's performed his last couple fights. You know, he's hungry and uh, he wants to win. And that's what you need most of all. And, and, and as far as being high, I am high on him because I, I, I like his spirit. And I like his personality. You know, sometimes for me, yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a, a, a C class fighter sometimes over an A class fighter because of, uh, because of their spirit. Because I want to, as a coach, I want to see what I can gain out of this guy. You know, sometimes these A fighters, they can train with anybody and do fine. They can be all right with anybody they work with, really, because they're just, you know, some of these guys are just, you know, that talented, really. You know, and, 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 and you know, but but sometimes the, their personalities is something that I want to spend years on end with. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, 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 That's awesome. And you know, and RDA is one of those personalities I don't mind being around, and, and I want to try to see if I can help uh, help him develop the best RDA he could be. We were led to believe that his fight against. Uh... Uh, Lawler was going to be a number one title fight, but there's all this talk of Tyron Woodley defending the belt at 219. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean that, that's what we were we were we were sort of thinking the same as well. I mean, you know that that that's the way it sounded like, and and and, um, and yeah, I mean, but it, it's a funny business, isn't it, Elias? I mean, mm. fuck, I mean, you never know who's fighting for a title at times. I mean, so. But he he's at least right there in the mix. He does beat Robbie. He is in the number one slot 
position at that point. And he, and he, he definitely deserves a title shot. Is he going to get it? I hope so. Um, he's got to get past Robbie, obviously, first, and I hope he does that as well. Um, but we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you got, you got Woodley. I mean, who are, who are they talking about Woodley defending it against? I mean, the names that are being thrown out are so ridiculous. I don't know if you'd believe them if we told you. <laughs> Give me one for fun. Nate like Diaz. A fun one. Nate Diaz. <laughs> what the fuck? I think I did hear that. That is that's heavy, man. Complete I mean, God rumor. bless Nate. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't hate Nate for getting that opportunity at all. God bless him. You know, but really, I mean, that, and, and that's what's frustrating, I think, sometimes uh, for some fans as well, is because there are people that are diehard and actually educate themselves on the sport and you get the idea of an understanding of rankings and the whole nine yards. You know, so that, that, that makes it a little frustrating mm-hmm. for people, but I mean, it could be exciting. That, yeah, that, that's a great fight for Woodley as well. I mean, but, uh, yeah, it is. But it, it, it would be, a, it would be, it would, that would be interesting. So, well, you know, it, it doesn't mean that, that, uh, RDA beats, RDA beats Lawler doesn't mean that he still won't be next in line after right. that one as well. But, right. We'll see, you know. We'll see. It's, it's hard to get your mind around. It's hard for me to get my mind. I'm always just thinking about what he's fighting, mm-hmm. and then you get kind of a little bit more concerned about about the future. Well, as you should be. That's the right focus. To all these people and more that uh, that you're coaching. Lucky to have you in your corner. We're lucky to have you on the show. We'll let you get in to our lunch corner. in our corner. Thanks for being on the show again, Coach. I really appreciate uh, it. I'm lucky to be in your corner, guys. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Always good talking to you guys. I appreciate it, man. Have a great day. Huh? You, you too. Take care, brother. All right, fellas. All right, bye bye. Always a blast to talk with Jason. He's such a positive dude. Yeah, and it's super insightful. And uh, he hit—I mean, so many interesting things to say that we could dissect that interview for for hours. But I think uh, you know about Bisping. What he said, I think that really stood out the most was like, "It's not my job to um, to worry about whether this is not the right decision. The decision's been made. It's my responsibility to get the fighter prepared to protect himself, which is a great thing." But man. Uh, interesting nuggets. Cyborg close to fighting, so maybe two nineteen is not out of the woodworks. You know, who knows? Cool. He uh, tried. He tried to get us a scoop too. Yeah. He tried to. He put the, her manager on the spot. Put him on the on speakerphone. He it's tried. like that video of like LeBron. Did you see he rode the subway and he like showed? <laughs> yeah. He was like he panned his like yeah, phone over to the other guy and he's like, no, 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 "Get me out of here." That, that's exactly, exactly what the manager just did to us. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear your Perlo like extend the phone in the hand, just push it away. <laughs> Uh, we were close. We were close. We were close. Jason tried. He's he's the man. And, and it was great to get his reaction to some of the wild rumors surrounding Tyrone Woodley's next title fight in real time. That's a, about an honest, you know, as he is. And he's not a hater. And like either. you said, he's yeah. like, oh, good for Nate if he gets it. I don't know. And like you said, uh, if he does fight at two nineteen, it does line up with the winner of RDA Lawler. Still work, you know, yeah. They'll both be ready to fight three, four months after that. So right. barring anything um, crazy. Well, this was an awesome episode. We have two of the best coaches in all of combat sports jumping on the line. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Was, uh, Jason Perillo has been a, a multiple time guest and this yeah. might've been one of the best conversations we had yet. Put yeah. you on blast right off the jump. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how I am. We've had plenty of off the record conversations about different people. He knows, yeah. he knows, and he, he knows, knows how your mind from. works. Yeah. And he know and he knows that, that I, it's, it's comes from a, a, a place of concern, but we're in different positions, right? Like I'm not coaching Mike Bisping. He is, I'm just looking right. at it. So I, it's about as honest as, as he could, as someone can give while still always supporting their guys. I always appreciate that from him. Well, basically at the top of the hour, so let's wrap up. Uh, Mike P., what do you got coming this week? Oh, hold on. 
There you uh, go. Dean Thomas coming on tomorrow night. Sweet. Jimmy Rivera. It's coaches week. Possibly uh, Ricardo Lamas. So nice. they got to. Shy town. Yeah. Shout out. Yep. Got a lot of angry people coming on. <laughs> except for Dean Thomas. ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. <laughs> yes, sir. Elias, what do you got coming over? Uh, I think I'm going to have to reflect on some of the stuff that uh, Perillo said. I'll probably write a column on some of these things with, with the Bisping situation. So you're going to have a column about Trace and Perillo said this and Perillo said that on the show? <laughs> yeah, no, it's because <laughs> I've been reflecting on the whole Bisping turning around and fighting. I got some, I actually probably going to add it in because I have a column coming out tomorrow at MixedMartialArts.com that's going to talk about Conor McGregor. And so I'm talking about Mike Bisping taking this fight. And Jason gave me, you know, gave giving that perspective, it'll be really. Uh, would be really, uh, I think, beneficial. Um, so yeah, we got we got that coming out tomorrow. Column mixedmartialarts.com. That's the uh, that's the next that's the next big thing. I got some other stuff coming out in December on Matt Brown, who we spent some time with before his uh, his uh, his last fight. And um, yeah, I'm hoping to catch up with him sometime uh, soon again over the phone. And we have, we got to chat about that more. Hopefully, get him on back on the show as well. Maybe next week. Maybe the ne- other week after. I gotta. We got we got to bug him and see, but um, yeah, doing some work on Matt Brown and then this column on on the uh, and Conor McGregor and and how he's not fired for what he's done multiple times in the last few weeks. We didn't weeks. even get to touch on that. No, we didn't. Well, we can talk it's okay. about the next. We can we can reference my article next week. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's the jumping off point for us. That's right. How about you, man? What's coming with the column? Just you know, normal Thursday morning column coming. So be tuned for that. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching. We really appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Blog Talk Radio, wherever you listen. Uh, we got the videos coming to you. The interviews will be uploaded later tonight to YouTube if you want to rewatch uh, or share this with friends. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you next week.